All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing, High Desert Word Center? Yes. The 11 o'clock crowd is here. We're going to have an awesome time. The 9 o'clock service was absolutely incredible. Uh, we got our special guests, uh, Reverend uh, Dana and Liz Nile with us from Montana, right? And, of course, all over the world. So we're going to have an incredible time today. Mrs. Pastor, you want to say hey? I sure do want to say hey, hey. Why would when would I ever not want to say hey? When never. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. We're so glad you're here today. I'm so glad I'm here today. This is so exciting to be together. We're gonna to have a great service. Amen. Amen. Mr. Pastor said, "Hey," so we say, "Hey." It's so good to be in live church service again. Amen. Hallelujah. And. Uh, you know, David likes to tell our story about Peru. I'll tell the boy, this is the man that left me in Peru. <laughs> I should have waited before we got the offer. I told him, you what deserted the pastor down there. <laughs> but no, we was down there together, and we were talking a while ago. We got to share the word of God down there for a lot of Christian leaders and pastors along that Amazon River. And they do not have anything at all like we're in this morning. And so, so grateful to leave the word of God down there, take the anointing of God down there, and God got us out. Amen. But uh, Liz, would you come up here, Dana? Come up here. I, I just want to introduce you myself this time. Mrs. Pastor about hit me a while ago, said that first service we introduced Dana, but not Liz. This is Liz. Hey, <laughs> Pastor, you get to see her lovely face. But uh, during that first service I introduced them, I said something I never thought about before. This is two people that walk as close to Jesus as anybody I've ever known in my whole life. Amen. Amen. We've known, we've known, we've known since about 1995, I think, somewhere thereabouts. We've been partners with them a good part of that time. But uh, today, as they get to share the Word of God, as David does later on, just think about this. Here's a man and a woman. They go to communist countries, third world countries, where they don't have at all the blessings we've got even in lockdown mode. These people know how to navigate through troubled places and hard times with low provision and lots of bad things going on and come out smiling and knowing that Jesus is with them. So take notes today when, when they begin to minister. Take notes. Write things down. Write the verses down. Because I know you're going to have questions after today about how to get through where we are right now. But these guys have got the answers from Jesus and the Word of God. Amen. All right. Very good. Well, I'm going to have Miss Katie come up and uh, go over a few guidelines. I know uh, we're probably getting the hang of this. But remind us of a few things and some announcements. So, my lovely wife, Katie. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful that you're making a point to be in church, even amidst all of our fun rules. I appreciate your respecting them and cooperating with them. Um, don't forget that there is one entrance in and one exit out. Just a reminder. I know that's hard because the doors are open. So uh, we're going to try to obey that. So make sure that you exit out of this side. Um, do your best not to use the potty here. But if you do, use the Clorox wipes after yourself, any surfaces you touch. And if you're going to hang out with each other, got to do it outside, okay, so that we don't get in trouble. Praise the Lord. Um, this service is streaming. So you can go home and watch it again if you would like on Facebook or on YouTube. And the six o'clock service will be on both of those as well. But don't forget at one o'clock, the children's video is coming on. They have been doing amazing with that. It's been super, super fun to watch that. 
We will take up offering at the end of service today. Uh, but also keep in mind that we are, of course, going to be taking up an offering for Ends of the Earth Ministries as well. So if you would be thinking about that during service and have that ready to go, you can give online. But we also have areas in the back that you can grab an envelope to give with cash or check as well. Amen. All right. Very good. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Who's ready to get into some praise and worship, man? Come on. Yes. We're going to open up, and I, I told the first service this, but uh, this morning another pastor from here in town texted me and said, hey, our church is going to start adopting the Barstow Faith Confession too. So, amen, come on. So we've got, it's spreading, and, and we're speaking words of faith over this city, and it's awesome that others are joining us. We love it so much. But I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. We're going to get into some praise and worship, and you picked a really good day to come to church because... This man right here brought the fire down at the first service, and he's just getting warmed up. So that was the appetizer. You guys are here for the for the full the full thing, all right? So praise God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that we are in your house today. Lord, just like the psalm says, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are here in your presence. You're going to speak to us today. Anoint this time. Fill this place with your presence, with your glory. And we thank you, Lord. We will never be the same. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's go. Lord's house today. Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful. Faith awakened, you breathe into me. Bones were shaken, the blood you shed was mercy saving the dying world. Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Separated, you found us running, broken hearted. Now we are your sons and daughters, forever yours. Now you've never given up, never given up, it's your love that brings the death to the light. Now I've got your love, and I'm waking up, now I'm living resurrection. Living resurrection life, and now you've got me living up. 
given up. And if your love will bring the death to a life, now I've got your love and I'm waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life. We sing, oh, 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 You keep holding, you keep holding. Oh, 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 oh. You never let us go. Oh, 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 oh.
raise our hands for a minute this morning. Lord, we love you and we declare that we cannot get enough of your love, Lord. Your love is overwhelming. Your love is everything that we need, God. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Lord, it's not because we deserved it, because we didn't deserve Jesus, but by the grace of God, you sent your only son into this world for us, God. And we thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you that because of Jesus, we can have peace. Because of Jesus, we can have joy. Because of Jesus, we can be healed. Because of Jesus, we can go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on us when others did. But, Lord, you've always been there. You said you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. You'd always be with us, even to the end of the world. And we thank you, Father, that you are here with us today. We love you, and we praise your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Amen. Well, you can be seated today. It is awesome to see everybody. What an awesome turnout. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring our very amazing special uh, guest with us today, this man, uh, Dana. We already met him a little bit ago, but he needs no introduction around here. This is part of our family, Dana and Liz, all the way from Butte, Montana, That's right? Yeah. So they're here coming down and, uh, and, uh, just, they're gonna stir you up. That first service was absolute fire. So I'm telling you, man, be expecting and take quick notes because this guy's fast too. I mean, he's just, it's awesome. So anyway, I don't want to cut into his time, but let's give another High Desert Word Center Barstow welcome to Dana Nile. Come on, brother. All right. Thank you, Pastor David. Hey, it's really good to be back here. Yeah, y'all can sit, sit down. You know, when we come to, to Barstow to High Desert Word Center, it's like coming home because you're one of our supporting churches. Wherever we go around the world, you're going with us. You're, you're praying for us. You're financing what we're doing. So you've, you've got a piece of it everywhere that we go. And I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you for supporting us. Amen. Lives are being changed, people are being trained, people are getting saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost in so many different places. You know, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that took your pastor, Pastor Bernie, down to a, the Amazon and left him there. You know, I, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel like a, a real good mission leader, you know. <laughs> Because I didn't even hook up with him going down there. I, I missed a flight and, 
and I was supposed to meet up with him in L.A., and then we were supposed to, I was supposed to help him get through the Lima airport, get on the next airplane, get to Iquitos. I even missed the first day of the conference because I missed the flight. But later, it worked out good because uh, I, I couldn't go on the, that airline. I went on American Airline, and they actually got me out of there. Uh, wouldn't let pastor go because <laughs> he was on a different airline. But I tell you what, the ministry down there was was excellent. Your pastor did an awesome job of, of preaching and teaching and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. There was a lot of people that got saved. A lot of people got filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of people healed. But most importantly, these river pastors had the word of God imparted into their lives. They will not be the same. Their ministry will not be the same. These guys are pastoring 50, I think 57 churches up and down the tributaries of the Amazon. I mean, they're out there. You gotta get, you gotta get into a, a speedboat, which is one that goes, you know, kind of fast, and you gotta go hours to get to where some of these guys are. And so it's gonna be different now. You know, I, we were supposed to have been in Southeast Asia in April, and of course that got canceled because, you know, nobody's traveling anywhere. But we will go in August. I'm in faith for it. Y'all getting faith for us too. We're going to go to Southeast Asia in August. We'll be there until Christmas. We're going to hit about four different nations ministering there. And see, some of you might be wondering, well, what have you been doing? Because, you know, usually when we're in the States, we're ministering in churches. And this is our third church since things started opening up again. Praise God. But we were actually keeping in contact with all of our missionaries and, and all of our national pastors in various nations around the world. And, and we were, you know, we were hearing from them how this lockdown was affecting them and their churches. Most of these churches are new. They got new young believers. A lot of them, uh, I mean, 20-somethings and 30-somethings. They're young churches. And most of these churches are full of new believers that came out of poverty. You know, that's just how it is that when the gospel is preached in these nations, the poor grab a hold of it because they see a way out of the oppression that they've been under their whole life. I'll give you an example in the nation of Nepal. That's a, it's a Hindu dominated country. It's a caste system. And see, a lot of times it's the low caste people that are coming into the church because they finally see a way out. In this caste system, the low caste, I mean, they're, they're basically slaves to the higher caste. And this Hinduism keeps them enslaved that way, like this. You know, if you're a good low caste person, then in the next life, when you're reincarnated again, you'll come up in a higher caste, and then you can put the low caste under. And see, if you're a bad low caste, if you, if you rebel against the system and you're a bad low caste and you refuse to submit, well, you're going to come back in the next life as a dog or a bug or a snake or something even worse. And so, you know, that's Hinduism. And when these low castes hear about Jesus, at first they think, oh, it's too good to be true. You know, but then once they're born again, whoo, it changes them to the point. But then they've got to learn, you know, they've got to be discipled to where they can get themselves out of that poverty. And right now, our churches are full of people that are in that phase, but they're not there yet. And so talking with these national pastors, you know, how can we help? Well, we've got to feed these people. Because, see, when they come into the, when they come into the church, they've been poor and they're used to working all day, getting their wage, and then going buying food for the next day. Well, if they're locked down, they can't work. And they've got no financial cushion. 
And so then the church needs to step in and feed these guys. And so we're, we've been helping churches in, uh, you know, all these different nations. We've, we've sent over $6,000 and, and people look at us, well, how are you even, how do you even have that? It's just, it's just God. It's miraculous. You know, we've not been ministering in churches, but yet I know how to stand on the word. We know how to be in faith for finances. And the scripture says, you know, in Proverbs nineteen seventeen, if you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay. Whoa, man, has he been repaying? It's just been coming in. We send it out. It comes back in. You know, we wire money. These guys, they buy food for their people. And then it comes back in and we get word of another church in another country that's needing to do that. We wire money and it comes back. It's been awesome. So that's what we've been doing. <laughs> it's been exciting. I mean, it's just been a faith adventure, and that's what we like to go on, these faith adventures. Let's go ahead and get in the Word. You ready for that? I want you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll get to it at some point. <laughs> How many of you are glad to be alive and breathing today? Uh, sure beats the alternative, don't it? We're alive and breathing and and kicking and screaming. I mean, these are exciting times that we're living in right now. I mean, you don't have to look at the news very much to realize we are living in the last days. Jesus is coming back soon, but what is he waiting for? You ever ask yourself, why is he waiting? Come on, Jesus, come back and get us on out of here. What's he waiting for? Well, we know from James chapter 5 and verse 7, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for the harvest of this end time move of God. See, our father God is the best farmer there ever was or will be. And he planted his best seed into this earth. He sent his only begotten son and he's not calling it quits until he gets the biggest family he can get. This is what I know about our Father God. He really does love people. He loves them so much he wants all of them. It's not an accident that there's close to 8 billion people living on the earth today. That's not an accident. That's the plan and purpose of God. You know, there's more people alive right now on planet earth than have lived all through history up until this point. That's that's kind of a hard thing to wrap your mind around, but it's true. People have studied this and figured it out. There's more people alive now than have lived throughout history. Why? Because God wants them. He wants them into the kingdom. He wants them to be part of his family. You know, Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Everybody say, and then the end will come. When? After the gospel is preached to each and every nation, that word nation is coming from the Greek word ethos, and it means every language group, every tribal group, every people group, and currently there's close to 8,000 of them that haven't, do not have a church in their own culture. Over 4,000 of those tribes, those language groups, have never heard the name of Jesus even once. So what is he waiting for? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for every tongue, every tribe, every people group to come into the kingdom. You know, our father's looking at every one of these tribes. He's looking at them like they're each one are one of his kids. He's, he's not happy until all his kids are in the family. Praise God. And so God wants to wake the church up. Do you know that the church in America needs to be woken up? 
you know, I, I hear people say, yeah, there needs to be, there's going to be an awakening. And then I hear others say, there's going to be a re- revival. And I'm going, well, which one is it? You know, here's what the Lord dropped into my heart. He says, well, the church needs to be woke up so that it can be revived. <laughs> and so that's the way I'm looking at a church in America needs to be woke up. Hey, hey, quit sleeping. Wake up here. Realize what's going on. Realize that you're living in the last days. Realize, hey, you got a job to do. You got the great commission to preach. You need to get after it. Wake up. And then he wants to revive us so that we've got the what we need. We've got the equipment. We've got the power. We've, we've got the, uh, the, the motivation coming from him to actually get it done. He wants to strengthen us so that we can fulfill our call, finish the race, and finish it strong. You know, not just barely trip over the finish line. No, be running full tilt, full out sprint over that finish line and bringing as many as we can with us. You know, he wants to strengthen so that we can actually enjoy the abundant life, not just endure life, not just survive life, but actually enjoy it. You know, as we travel around America, I I see so many people that are enduring. They're surviving. They're not enjoying all that much. You know, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, you stay there in Galatians. I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you because I got one shot. (laughs) And so you're going to need to write them down and look them up later, except for the ones that I tell you in advance. (laughs) So you stay in Galatians. See, we need to remind ourselves how true that verse really is, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So many of us are just dragging around in survival mode, you know, enduring life, but not really enjoying life without really knowing why aren't we enjoying life. And often the problem is we're just too spiritually weak to reach out and grab a hold of what God's already given. He's already provided it. We, by faith, have got to reach out and grab a hold of it, but we got to be strong in order to do that. And so we need a tonic that'll put some muscle back in our believing. We need something to put a sparkle back in our eye and a spring back in our step. And that's exactly what the joy of the Lord will do. Now we got to realize that joy is not the same as happiness. Y'all know that, right? Happiness is a temporary condition that depends on the comfort of your flesh. As soon as your flesh gets uncomfortable, it's gone. But joy is a powerful spiritual force. It's not based on outward circumstances. It's based on the condition of your heart. Happiness is weak. It's wimpy. It disappears every time there's trouble. I mean, you can you can be happy and then run into trouble and it's gone. But joy is tough. If you let it, it'll keep flowing in the middle of the worst kind of circumstances you can face. It's tough. It'll keep going. You know, my wife and I, we've been married for 43 years, been in ministry together for 37 years. I know we don't look that old. That's because we were really young when we got married, you know. We were young. We made it, praise God. First five years were a little rough. First, first five years were without Jesus. Ooh, we about didn't make it. Then we found Jesus, and we've been, we've been going full tilt ever since. But in 37 years of ministry and 43 years of marriage, we've run into some tough stuff. I mean, we've gone through some stuff that no parent should have to go through. And I can remember when we were in Helsinki, Finland, our, our, our boy was in the hospital. It was rough. It was tough. And we didn't speak the Finnish language. And the doctors were looking at us and thought we were kind of loco. 
And so they were talking to our interpreter that was helping us. She was the associate pastor of the church. And they said, what's wrong with this family? Don't they realize how serious this is? Don't they understand? We think that they might need some psychiatric help because they're acting like they're in denial. And of course, our, our interpreter was able to share, well, I, you know, they're, they're believers. And God is strengthening them. And they go, really? Would you rather they were basket cases? Well, no, we kind of like the way they are. We just don't understand it. Well, she was able to share it with them and led many of them to the Lord. And see, they said, well, you're acting like you're on some kind of joy, right? Well, we were just being us. We were just being us in God. And joy will keep flowing if you'll stick with it. Now, I realize that if you're sitting there right now in the middle of trouble, you may feel like it'll never be over, but it will. Because Psalm chapter 30, verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And if you're a person of faith, it doesn't matter how dark conditions may seem to be. You can be sure that a brighter day is on the way. That's because the enemy cannot sustain an attack. You know, he's got some power, but he doesn't have that much power. So if you'll let the force of joy keep you strong, you can outlast the devil. And he will end up, he will, he will quit, he will give up. See, the Apostle Paul confirms this in Galatians 5. Have you found it? Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 22 and 23, very familiar. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so joy is the fruit of the Spirit, and against such, there is no law. And what does that mean? That means no force of the enemy can rise up and overcome the fruit of the Spirit. No force of the devil can rise up and overcome your joy. And why is that? It's because Satan is not a creator. He cannot create anything. He cannot come up with anything in original. All he can do is take what God has created and twist it into another form, twist it, corrupt it even into an opposite form. And something that has been twisted or corrupted is not as strong as it was in its original, in its original state. I mean, if you take a piece of metal and you bend it and then bend it back and bend it, eventually you can actually break it, right? As soon as you bend that piece of metal, it is not as strong as it used to be. You know, Liz and I on the mission field, we can see some trucks and buses that really should not be on the road. (laughs) I mean, you take one look at them, they're going down a straight stretch of road, but their tires are squealing. Why, you know, and it looks like they're kind of crab walking down the road because they've been in a really bad wreck and their frame has been so twisted that the thing could even break. I look at that and I go, I ain't getting on a bus that's doing that. I'm not doing it because it could break when I'm on it and I'm not going there. See, something that is twisted and corrupted is always weaker than it was. The enemy stuff is weaker than the original creation. And so the devil must yield. He must give up, he must tap out if we will continue to allow the joy of the Lord to strengthen us and keep us strong. Go with me to Psalm 105. See, this means that darkness must give in to light. I mean, it, it does every time. If you walk into a dark room and you bring a light, darkness leaves, right? Hate has got to yield to love. Fear must give in to faith. And joy will defeat weakness and discouragement every single time. And when that takes place, the joy of the Lord that's in you just starts bubbling out. And of course, that's a lot of fun. 
I think we all enjoy a good Holy Ghost laugh, right? I mean, I, I really enjoy... Laughing is the spirit of joy flowing. You know, Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And so you can be laughing in the most difficult times. And people may even come up to you, what is wrong with you? I happen to know you're going through the most difficult time of your life and you're acting like you're on some kind of joy, right? Maybe you need some psychiatric help. You can just turn to them and say, no, I'm on medication. (laughs) Laughter is good medicine. The joy of the Lord can be your medication and you can even share it with people. And again, that's a lot of fun, but the truth of the matter is God's not just out to give you a good time and a Holy Ghost giggle. He's got something more important in mind. He wants us to be full of joy because it is the force that will make us strong enough to finish our race. It's the force that will make us strong enough to go out and complete the Great Commission. You know, we've been trying to do it for 2,000 years and it still isn't done. God wants it finished. But we're going to have to be strong to do it. Amen. Amen. It will give us the spiritual strength to rise up in the fullness of God's glory, fully healed and fully funded so that we can reap this harvest and we can go ahead and get on out of here in the great catching away, also known as the rapture. You know, I'm convinced that the church is not going to slip out of here in defeat. We're not going to we're not going to leave this earth like some whipped dog. No, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, a church without spot, a church without wrinkle. He's coming back for a victorious church. And he's going to do more for us than he did for Noah and his family. I mean, what did he do for Noah and his family? Well, he gave them an ark. He saved them, right? Kept them out of the flood. He's going to do more for us than he did for them. You know, sometimes people look at that, at, at the catching away. They look at the rapture. They go, oh, that's just an escape doctrine. I look and I say, you're darn right. I'm escaping on out of here. I'm not going through that great tribulation. I'm going out on the first load. I'm not even sure there is a second load. I'm going on the first one. <laughs> I'm getting on out of here. <laughs> and he's going to do more for us than he did for Noah and his family. Save them, didn't he? He's going to do more for us than he did for the children of Israel when he took them out of Egypt. See, that's what Psalm 105 is about. Look there with me. Psalm 105. We're going to pick it up in verse 37. Talking about getting the children of Israel out of Egypt. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Verse 38 says, Egypt was glad when they departed. I'm pretty sure the rest of the world is going to be glad when when we depart. (laughs) They're mad that we're here right now. (laughs) I mean, look around you. That Antichrist spirit is trying to rear its ugly head, trying to get its will. The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy any way that he can. And he's mad that he can't do it more because we're still here. Amen. They'll be glad when we get out of here. Now drop down to verse 43. It says, he brought out his people with joy and his chosen ones with gladness. So verse 43 says, God brought out his people with joy. Well, no wonder they left with the wealth of Egypt. No wonder there was not one feeble, not one diseased, not one sick, not one lame in all the tribes. They left with the joy of the Lord. They left strengthened by God. Amen. Now, the reason we're not seeing more of this in the church right now is because we kind of forgot. 
You know, 25 years ago, there was a joy revival. Liz and I got in on it. I mean, we were we were at Rhema when it kicked off. Our first two weeks at Rhema were nothing but Holy Ghost meetings, morning, noon, and night. It went on for two weeks. It was so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I've never laughed so much in all my life. And there was people just laid out all over the auditorium, laid out all over the hallways. I mean, they had to have extra room just to lay people out. <laughs> they, they were just they were just stuck to the floor for hours. And it was so much fun. But see, there was a little bit of excess too, because some people, every time the Holy Ghost started moving, they thought they just needed to laugh. Even though the Holy Spirit wanted to do some other stuff, well, no, they were just laughing. And so there, there was some excess. And then people said, well, we're just throwing all of that out. No more, no more laughing. Can't do that anymore. And so then we've gone into a place where the joy of the Lord's not been emphasized again. You know, anytime there's a revival, there will be some excess. But Brother Hagin always said to us, you know, I'd rather have a little wildfire, no fire at all. I mean, you get a little excess, you can deal with it, you can correct it and continue on. Now, before the Word of Faith movement, before this joy revival, the church used to think the more sorry you looked, the more spiritual you were. I mean, the more broken poor you were, the more sick you were, the more bowed over you were, the more spiritual you were. Well, that, that, that's just not it. Nothing could be more further from the truth. See, God is a God of joy. Jesus is a man of joy. I, 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 the Holy Spirit is a spirit of joy. And the scripture says we are to imitate God as dear children. So that means we need to be full of joy too. No wonder Paul wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's Philippians 4.4 if you're taking notes. Rejoice in the Lord. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to rejoice? Well, it means to rejoy. You know, and anytime you're going to re something, that means there had to been some there to begin with. When it comes to revival, you can't revive something that's dead. You can't revive something that's not born again. No, you revive that which has been reborn. Well, the same is true with joy. You can't, you can't rejoy unless there was some there to begin with. And yeah, as soon as you were born again, the Spirit of God moved into your heart and He brought all the fruit of the Spirit with Him. He brought joy with Him as soon as you were born again. You got some. Amen. And so before this morning is over, I'm going to show you some ways to stir up the joy that's already in you. Amen. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. See, Paul understood the link between joy and strength. That's why he prayed for the Colossians the way he did. Now, this is one of the, one of the prayers. It's called the uh, Pauline prayer. Paul prayed it. We should be pray- praying it too. There's another one in Ephesians 1 and in another one in Ephesians 3. You ought to be praying that for yourself, personalized for yourself. Go ahead and pray it for your president. Pray it for your pastor. Pray it for those that are in authority over you. It would be good to do that. Look at Colossians 1. We're going to read it. Verses 9 through 11. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Whoo! What a thing to pray. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your president. Pray it for your pastor. Then it goes on to say, That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now look at verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Now if you were to diagram verse 11, what does that mean? If you were to pull out the middle part of that verse, you'll be able to see some things a little more clearly. 
Now, some people get upset, you know, oh, he's, he's, he's pulling out some of the Bible. No, don't worry, we'll put it back. I'm just pulling it out so that you can see what it's actually saying here. And if you pull out the middle, it says this. It says that we are strengthened with all might, with joy. So Paul confirmed that which is true in Nehemiah's day under the old covenant is still true today under the new. The joy of the Lord really is our strength. Now go ahead and put that verse back together. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. It is joy-inspired strength that enables us to be to have patience and be long-suffering. Do you ever wonder what the difference between those two are? Patience, long-suffering. Obviously, they're different or God wouldn't have put both of them together in that verse. I used to look at that and wonder and even ask, you know, what, what's the difference, Lord? And, and finally, he led me to study it out. And, and here's, here's the difference. Patience is what you need when you're going through difficult stuff. When you're going through difficult times, difficult situations, you need patience to get on all the way through. Long-suffering is what you need when you're dealing with difficult people. How many of you know you need both <laughs> to make it through? you got to have patience, and you got to have long-suffering. And see, if you're running low on patience or long-suffering, it could be because your joy supply is a little low. Because it is the joy of the Lord that gives you strength to be patient and long-suffering. See, the fact is, this joy that provides this strength is far more important than we ever thought. Once you start studying joy, you're going to find it all the way through the scriptures. It's amazing how many verses of scripture talk about joy. And you might feel like you don't have any joy right now, but if you're born again, child of God, you got some as soon as you were saved. And so it's up to you to go ahead and stir what's already up in your heart. Just stir it up, revive what is already there. And how do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. Go with me to John chapter 15. First, let's look at stirring up joy by meditating in the Word. See, you can understand why the Word is important to your joy when you read some of the words that Jesus told his disciples just before he went to the cross. John chapter 15. John 15. Have you found it? We're going to read verse 11. It says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So these things I've spoken to you so that you can have joy, and it can be full. See, if you look at John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you'll see that it's mostly read because Jesus is speaking. These are the words that he's talking about. And so it would be good for us if we meditate in those words that Jesus said. He told his disciples just before he left, hey, you meditate on these things. Why? So that my joy may remain in you and so that your joy may be full. Now, we also know that Jesus is the word. So go ahead and read the whole book. Because it'll help you. Read the book of John. Go ahead and read all the New Testament. Read the Old Testament. It'll be good for you. It'll go ahead and, and keep your joy full. See, we also need to look at Jesus our, as our example. You know, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How did he endure the cross? How did he go through the most painful thing he ever went through? And we're talking more than physical pain. I mean, it was bad enough that well, all the, that, that he suffered in his body, but his spotless spirit became sin. He was separated from his father because of our sin. That had never happened before. 
I mean, that is more pain than we can even, we can't even imagine because we don't have to go through that. But see, he's our example. How did he get through that? How did he get through that hard situation for the joy that was set before him? He was looking into the future and he was seeing all the family that was coming into the kingdom. And because that gave him joy and it brought him strength to get through that most difficult time. The same is true for you and me. That that joy and that strength that provide you'll get you through the most difficult time. And see, when we get involved with the kingdom of God, when we get involved with the Great Commission, we get involved with bringing family members into the kingdom. I'm telling you, that'll bring you joy. <laughs> for the joy that was set before Jesus, well, you can have joy set before you as you contemplate bringing others into the kingdom of God. It'll bring you strength so you can actually go out and do it. Amen. Now go right a page to John 16. John 16, we're going to read verse 24. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. See, when you meditate on the word of God, revelation begins to rise in your heart. Amen. Joy is revived when you get revelation in your heart. Yeah, I can remember I, I got really joyful when I when I finally got the revelation that my salvation not only included forgiveness of my sin, but it also included healing for my body and soundness for my mind. I needed both of those. <laughs> I was a child of the 70s, man. I, I went from cowboy to hippie. I'd, I'd blown my brain on so many drugs. I needed a sound mind, and my salvation included it. And when I saw it in the scripture... I got joyful. I can think again. Praise God. (laughs) And healing for my body. See, that'll bring you joy. I mean, it's stirred up because you can, you realize that you can go boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What's that mean? You can go boldly before the throne of God, not because of what anything you've did, but because everything that Jesus did for you. He gave you his righteousness. So you go boldly before that throne. You can find mercy. You can obtain grace. You can realize that not only will your prayers be heard, they'll also be answered. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Glory to God. Now let's look at how this works for a minute. If you've been sad, down, depressed over a lack of victory in your life, for example, maybe a lack of healing manifestation, I mean, if you think on that, it'll make you sad bring you down, could even cause you to be depressed. You know, about a year ago, I got diagnosed with cancer. And it kind of it kind of shook my world a little bit. And of course, the enemy was right there. He was right there trying to inject some thoughts right there. Ooh, you got cancer. Oh, it's the same kind of cancer that killed your dad. You know, and see, here's the deal. It's not my first rodeo. You know, I was a cowboy before I turned into a hippie. Not my, wasn't my, wasn't my first rodeo according to the word either. I knew what the enemy was doing. I knew he was trying to inject thoughts to get me into fear, to get me out of faith so that he could go ahead and take me down. I knew that's what he was doing. And so what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to take that thought captive. I'm not going to entertain that thought. You know, you can't keep the enemy from injecting thoughts into your thinking, but you can keep from thinking them. You can go ahead and take them captive just like the word tells you to do it. Brother Hagin used to tell us, you know, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can sure keep it from making a nest in your hair. Amen. You can't keep the enemy from injecting a thought, but you can sure keep yourself from thinking it. 
You, you gotta identify those thoughts. The ones that are coming from the devil, identify it, you know. After you practice this a bit, you can see it coming from a mile away. Oh, that's of the devil. He's, he's trying to give me one of his thoughts again. I ain't taking it. I'm taking it captive. And then what do you do? You replace it. Amen. You replace it with good thoughts. You replace it with the word of God. You know, like Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then personalize it. Who forgives all of my iniquities. Who heals all of my diseases. Who redeems my life from destruction. Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. See, if you'll replace those sad, down, depressed thoughts with the word of God, joy will be stirred. Then instead of crying about what the devil's doing, you can go ahead and rejoice about what God is doing. You can laugh and say, devil, you might as well forget it. You might as well give up and quit. Just pack it up and go home because I ain't giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm standing strong. And when you do that, he'll give up. Amen. Victory's won. Jesus has already done it. You know, Proverbs, you might want to write this one down. Proverbs 15, 23, it says this. A man has joy... By the answer of his mouth. A word spoken in due season, how good it is. I mean, see, we're talking about ways to stir up your joy. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And so when you start answering the troubles and trials that you're facing with the word of God, joy will be stirred. And the enemy will take off. He cannot stand to be around a joyful believer. He'll take off. Now, another way to stir up joy is to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. See, we're talking about stirring up what's already in you. You already got joy on the inside of you. You're born again. It's on the inside of you. And here's another way. Romans 14, 17. Just write it down. I'm going to read it. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's joy in the Holy Spirit. So hook up with him. Go ahead and be in fellowship with him. Go ahead and get close to him and what he's got will rub off on you. See, here's the way I like to look at it. I mean, yeah, you got joy as soon as you were born again and moved into your heart when the Holy Spirit brought it. And then when the Holy Spirit comes down upon you, man, he's just adding to it. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, what's a good way with hooking up with the Holy Spirit? What's a good way to do that? Well, praying in tongues will do it. Pray in tongues. Hook up with him. You know, people asked, uh, uh, Brother Hagen was doing a minister's meeting with a bunch of pastors, and it was kind of an intimate saying, they're sitting there, uh, an intimate setting, they were sitting around the table, and one of them finally screwed up enough courage to ask Brother Hagen, hey, what's, what's the key to success that you've had in your life in ministry? What's the key? You know, they're expecting some, some really biblical long answer, and Brother Hagen said, yeah, yeah, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues a lot. <laughs> that, that was his answer. Well, if that was his answer for him, it's, his, it's the answer for us. See, hook up with the Holy Ghost. And a good way to hook up with him is to pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15, Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Paul said, I will. And in doing so, he's telling us that it's subject to our will. You can will to pray in tongues anytime you want. And see, that's a teaching that needs to go forth. Liz and I, we travel the world and we run into people that got baptized and only go spoke with other tongues 10 years ago. And then they've never done it since. 
Why? Because they weren't taught. They think the only way they can pray in tongues is if they're, if the hair on the back of the neck is standing up and they're shaking under the power of the Holy Ghost, maybe falling down on the floor, then they can pray in tongues. They think all of that's got to happen before they can pray in tongues. No! You can pray in tongues anytime you will and when you will pray in tongues. You're hooking up with the Holy Ghost and He's the Holy Spirit of joy. What He has will rub off on you. Amen. There's joy in the Holy Spirit. So will yourself to hook up with Him. Jump into the flow of the Spirit with praise, thanksgiving, and worship. Now you may start out thinking that you don't have anything to praise God for, but once you start, you'll find out, boy, you got all kinds. Amen. If you can't think of anything, just center in on two things. Just center, center in on the fact that the blood of Jesus has washed away your sin. That's a good thing to praise God for. That's a good thing to rejoice over. And then praise God that you're on your way to heaven. If you can't think of anything else, go ahead and center in on those two. And once you start, you'll find out you've got plenty more to thank Him for. Amen. Keep shouting. Thank you, Lord. My sins are washed away. Thank you, Lord. I'm on my way to heaven. Keep doing it until joy begins to rise up in you. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I can't do that if I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter how you feel. Feelings got nothing to do with your rejoicing. Joy is bigger than your emotions. Joy is not the same as happiness. Joy is a condition of your heart. If you don't feel like it, you know, the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise for that. Well, if you're heavy, do you feel like doing that? No. What's the answer? Put it on anyway. You know, if you go outside here in the wintertime and it's cold outside and you forgot your coat, I mean, you're going to get cold. But you're smart enough to go back and get your coat and put it on, right? If you're real cold, you're chilled and you put on a coat, do you feel warm immediately? No. But if you put that coat on and leave it on, after a while, you will begin to feel. Everybody say feel. You will begin to feel warm. Same is true for that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You may not feel like doing it, but you go ahead and put it on and leave it on. And eventually you will begin to feel like rejoicing. You might have to start out crying. I mean, I've been in some situations where I felt like crying. I'm not sure that I actually cried, but even if I was crying, I'd be going, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All my sins are washed away. Thank you, Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven. What am I, what am I, what am I doing? I'm putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and you put it on and leave it on after a while, it'll start getting stronger. I mean, it'll start going, thank you, thank you, Jesus. My sins are washed away. Thank you. I'm on my way. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus. Put it on and leave it on. See, when you don't feel like doing it, that's probably the time that you need to be rejoicing the most. Glory to God. You don't have to be down. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be worried over what the enemy's doing. We've got the answer. Jesus paid the price for it all. And he's asking us to go ahead and stir up the joy that he put in our hearts so that we've got the strength to get through anything the devil is throwing at us. You know, my wife and I pastored for close to 20 years, and we had church people come to us wanting counseling, and, and, and we, you know, we were, we, we did a lot of counseling, and they would, they would say, you know, pastor, it's like I'm going through hell on earth. And so I, I'd try to lighten it up a little bit and say, well, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Go all the way, all the way through, <laughs> get, get on all the way through to the other side. 
You know, I think I quoted that from somebody else, but I found out recently that they quoted it from Winston Churchill during World War II. That's what he was saying to his troops. If you're going, we're going through hell right now, and they were. But he said, the answer is don't stop. Keep going, go all the way through. How are you going to go all the way through? Well, you're going to have to have some strength, but praise God, you got some right on the inside of you. That joy is there. Just stir it up. Stir it up with the Word of God. Stir it up by the answer of your mouth. Stir it up by hooking up with the Holy Ghost. And when you do, it'll see you through. It'll get you all the way through that difficult situation. Get you all the way through to the other side. Amen. See, I believe that God is moving on his church to rise up in the fullness of his glory. He wants us to be fully healed. He wants us to be fully funded. He wants to, he wants us to be so strengthened that we can go any, through anything the enemy throws at us. We can go all the way through and bring victory to people that need Jesus. We gotta go ahead and finish the job. We've got to go ahead and reach these tribes. We've got to go ahead and bring this harvest in right here in Barstow, right in this surrounding area. There are so many people that need what you've got. You've got to be strong in order to give it to them. Amen. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it by stirring it up. Amen. Glory to God. Keep on rejoicing until your body's well. Keep on rejoicing until your finances are, are, are good. Keep on rejoicing until people come up and start looking at you. What is it about you? And you turn to them and say, I'm on medication. Let me tell you about it. Keep stirring it up until people say, I want what you got. I happen to know you're going through a difficult situation and you're acting like you're on some kind of joy ride. How are you doing it? Here, let me tell you. His name is Jesus. Receive him. He'll bring the same thing right into your heart. He'll pour out the love of God. He'll pour out the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost will move in. Glory to God. Let's go ahead and rejoice in the Lord always. Let's rejoice our, our, let's just rejoice until we're right on out of here. From one degree of glory to another, you know when that rapture happens, it shouldn't catch us by surprise. We should be going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory until we're just changed into our glorious bodies and raptured right on out of here. Shouldn't shock us so much. You know, I think there's part of the body of Christ going to be plumb shocked. <laughs> but it shouldn't shock us. We need to go glory to glory to glory to glory to gone. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that it is sharp. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is capable of dividing between the spirit and soul of a man. And so, Father, I'm asking for your word to go forth into the hearts and lives of everybody in here. I'm asking, Lord, that this not be a word that they hear and go, that was good, but it be a word that they practice. It be a word that they put into effect. It be a word that they do. Lord, I know that I'm looking at a body of believers that are doers of the word. So, Lord, I'm asking you remind them of this word. Remind them to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Remind them anytime the enemy is coming after them, anytime there's an attack, anytime they're tempted to feel down, depressed, and sad. Lord, I'm asking that you bring this word back to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David. Amen. That was a good word, huh? Wow. 
you know, I took so many notes, both services, but I, I love that, man. Take every thought captive. Well, then what do you do with it? You replace it. You got to replace those thoughts with the positive thoughts of God's word. Amen. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and before we close out here and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And so uh, we're going to be taking up our regular tithes and offerings like always, but also uh, for an offering for Dana and Liz as they head on their way out to keep taking the word everywhere else. So uh, the best way we've been given right now has been online, hgwc.org slash giving. And uh, so if you're going to go that route, there's a, a link on there, a tab uh, for general fund. And then there's one that also says guest speaker. So if you're uh, giving an offering into Dana and Liz, click guest speaker. But if you're giving by cash or check, which is what I'm doing today, there's uh, envelopes at the back table there that have been handled people with gloves and everything, those fine gentlemen back there. Uh, so you grab an envelope and you can fill it out on one of those separate tables and then drop it in one of the buckets. There's one that says guest speaker, one that says general. So if you need to go do that, you can and drop that in on your way out. But praise God, what an awesome day to be in the house of the Lord, man. Hallelujah. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go and take on the world this week. So let's go ahead as we're uh, getting our offering together. We're going to say our financial faith confession. Speak some words of faith over our giving because everything we do is by faith. Amen. It says whatever is not of faith is sin. So I want to do everything by faith, including giving my offering and my tithe. Amen. So let's go ahead and speak our financial faith confession together. Then we'll close out with some words over Barstow. Amen. Let's say this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on. All right. And so as we close out here, I want to remind you that at one o'clock, the children's church video is going to be on Facebook and YouTube. So parents tune the kids in one o'clock. Is that right? For the kids video. Okay. And then uh, service tonight, six o'clock, Facebook, YouTube, check it out. It's going to be awesome. Wednesday night. Back in the building right here, and this past week we had a blast, so I encourage you to be here on Wednesday night. And in the coming weeks, guys, we're looking at, at you know opening up more areas of the ministry. We want to get kids' ministry open back up and stuff, so we're just paying attention to the guidelines and stuff. But we're getting there one week at a time, more and more opening up. So praise God. But isn't it good to be together this morning in the house as a family Amen. Well, we love you guys. Let's go ahead and stand up together as we speak some words of faith over our city. And aren't you glad that we've been doing this for six months and we're seeing God move in Barstow. God's hand is upon our city and it's awesome to see that his word never returns void. Amen. So let's say this together. Say it loud. Say it proud. Let's say it so loud that Barstow hears it. The devil hears it. And everybody else hears it. That Jesus is Lord. Amen. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. 
Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you guys. Tune in for the videos, and we will see you Wednesday night. Love you.